You are listening to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. This is Kara, your host, and I am so glad you're here. Before we get into this episode, I want you to know that Pathway to Peace, which is a group coaching program, is currently available to join. This program is built on three main pillars. First, coaching. It's the real powerhouse. It's what I do. It's what I love. Second, community. And if you've been around for a little bit more than a minute, you know how I feel about community and the power that it has to heal and change your life. And lastly, I have a library of content filled with resources, with modules, with lessons. We go way deeper than I can go in on the podcast. And these are available to you in a way that you can consume them in your busy life. This program would be a good fit for you if you've stabilized past the point of initial diagnosis and find yourself spending a little bit more than you'd like to in overwhelm. And you can't imagine how, given all the things in your life, you can have any sort of peace ever again. Through the program, you will gain the gift of acceptance. You will do the work to recover your spark. You'll leave the program with the tools and the confidence that you have what you need to have joy and peace part of your life once again. So it's time to change it up. I know you've been saying yes to everybody, especially serving with all your heart and everything you have to your child. Now it's time to say yes to you. Find the link in the show notes to get more information and for next steps. Hi, I'm Kara, life coach, wife, and mom to four incredible and unique children. It wasn't all that long ago that my son received a diagnosis that had my world come crashing down. I lacked the ability to see past the circumstances, which felt impossible, and the dreams I once had for my life and family felt destroyed. Fast forward past many years of surviving and not at all thriving, And you'll see a mom who trusts that she can handle anything that comes her way and has access to the power and confidence that once felt so lacking. I created the Special Needs Mom Podcast to create connection and community with moms who find themselves feeling trapped and with no one who really understands. My intention is to spark the flare of possibility in your own life and rekindle your ability to dream. This isn't a podcast about your special needs child. This is a podcast about you. If you are a mom who feels anxious, alone, or stuck, then you are in the right place. Welcome. Hello, and welcome back to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. Or welcome if you're here for the first time. I am pretty excited to say that today marks our 100th episode. I don't expect most of you to care that much, but. For podcasters, it's like a little bit of a milestone. It's kind of like a thing, you know, you get to your 100th episode. We think it's pretty cool. I feel like it's quite an accomplishment in my eyes to produce 100 100 freaking episodes. That's a lot of episodes. I thought for this episode, well, you can tell by the title, the overarching theme is celebrating where we are. I'm going to do a little bit of a personal update that's going to lead into really the concept of celebrating where we are. For those of you that have been along for the majority of the 100 episodes, thank you so much for joining me along the way. 
And if you're new, I'm so glad you're here too. I'm really looking forward to what's going to come in the next hundred episodes. But I thought I'd just kind of overall look back and look at kind of the creation of this podcast and give you a little behind the scenes of (laughs) what happens in my world as I, you know, before I started the podcast of wanting to start the podcast, starting the podcast and, and kind of how that was. So it was about actually almost two years ago that I launched. It was a little bit less than two years ago. Honestly, I did not know if this podcast would be that that good. And I really couldn't picture how, like, I don't know. I don't know that I had goals for how many people would listen, but I was like, I hope more than like 10 people listen. <laughs> like, it feels like a lot of work to do for like just 10 listens a week. And I was worried that I would run out of things to say that I would cap out and just be like, okay, well, now I have nothing to talk about. And then I wonder also if people listen, because I do this to people. (laughs) I listen to people or read books or or do things of, you know, where I'm learning from somebody. And I kind of other them, I kind of think, oh, well, they're different than I am. And I wonder if people think that it's easy or natural for me to have created and produced this podcast because I want to share that it's actually not. It's actually something that is challenging for me. It constantly challenges me. And in in ways I'm obviously up for. I mean, I signed up to do it on my own. But I think it's important to talk about these things because otherwise I think you'd never know. I happen to be a person that people look at from the outside and usually people assume that I'm very confident, that I have a high degree of confidence. And that's definitely not the case. It has not always been the case of my life. I think I'm probably obviously pretty good at eluding confidence, which I don't feel super happy about. I would rather be more authentic because it's certainly not done on purpose. It's not like I'm going to pretend I'm confident. So everyone thinks I'm confident. It's very subconscious. But I would say that over the years, I have had to learn how to feel confident. Like I said, because it's not my natural setting. And this applies to both getting to the point where I can be confident enough to produce and publish a podcast. But it very much applies to being confident so that I can care for my children, my family, myself in a way that I'm not constantly second guessing myself and I have my own back, if you will. This podcast keeps me very accountable to doing my own work. There's been a couple times over the last two years that I wasn't ready to produce an episode because I actually didn't, (laughs) I just wasn't in a good spot, right? I wasn't able to rise up out of my own situation enough to be able to have enough to share. We really only can share and give from our abundance. If you've been around for a little bit, you might not have heard that this last year, so actually we're coming up on the year anniversary, we were given some new diagnoses that included recurrence of my son's brain cancer. And the whole year really has been filled with surgeries and treatments and survival and recovery and really pushing myself and my whole family 
further than we've gone before, right? So it's interesting that technically, well, we haven't gone through everything, but technically, you know, almost 11 years ago, we kind of did it all, right? In terms of got a diagnosis and had the impact of the surgery in his case. And then we, you know, took 10 years to recover. So it's interesting um, to kind of look at it this time around and to see how having done it before could help. But then in certain situations, just because you've done something like this before does not make it easier. There's still the grief. There's still the challenge. There's still the fear that I would say practice does not make easier. Practice can give you other things, but I I wouldn't say that it makes it easier. Anyhow, I'm a little bit of a tangent from where I wanted to, to go. Yeah, I think one of the things I was thinking about this morning is observing where I'm at personally. In some cases, feeling like, wow, like I can't believe I'm actually doing so well. And being like, how is that even so? Like given all that we've been through. And then also realizing, oh, it's because it's not like this was the first diagnosis. We've done this life for almost 11 years now. And so there was that part of me that thought, okay, of course, I'm, I'm able to kind of lean back on and have this resilience of bouncing back. And then I also want to pair that with, you know, I say I'm doing well. And I've also never been more aware of all the areas that I see opportunities to deepen my own recovery and my own mental well-being and mental health. So it's really interesting to hold these two things together to kind of being okay, but also seeing opportunities. That kind of leads me into the thing I wanted to talk about today. And it's this idea of celebrating where you are. Now, stay with me if you're like, Kara, no, no, no. (laughs) I'm trying to get away from where I am because where I am is surviving, not at all thriving, it's miserable and I want to get away. Okay. That's okay. That belongs here in this conversation too. However, I want you just to consider, we're going to talk a little bit about acceptance and we're going to talk more about just celebrating where you are. So much of what we do in coaching is we look at the future and we look at where you are and we create on purpose an intended future. And there's a lot of value to that. But I think sometimes it can actually have us turn on ourselves for not loving where we're at now. It really puts us in a position where we're waiting until when, waiting until a future time to have the experience that we want now. And I don't think this is good. And so while I do still believe in goals and I still believe in creating an intended future, 100%. I also believe in radical acceptance and learning to actually love and accept where you're at now. This will require cognitive dissonance. This is actually letting two seemingly opposing ideas or concepts exist at the same time. Because I think you're probably following me like with Kara. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, I'm listening to this podcast because I actually want something to be different than it is now. 
And you're telling me that I should accept that. No, actually. <laughs> Let's actually take a look at acceptance. I actually read the definition today because I thought, well, I mean, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> I should probably make sure I have a grasp on it besides just what I had rumbling around in my head. And so I did. And I thought, wow, that is so interesting. So I'm going to read you the two definitions and then I'm going to break down why I was so interested in them. The first one, acceptance, is the action of consenting to receive or undertake something offered. Second one is the action or process of being received as adequate or suitable, typically to be admitted into a group. And the first one is the one I want to focus on, although the second one's interesting too, especially when we consider about the community of being a special needs mom and just the mention of group into this definition. But the first one, the action of consenting to receive or undertake something offered. I want you to picture yourself, maybe shut your eyes if you're not driving or like doing dishes or something. Picture yourself and what it would be like to have somebody literally extend their arms and hand you in a nice little basket, your child's diagnosis or set of symptoms if you don't have a name yet. And then you extending your hands and taking it in your arms without trying to reject it or push it away. That is acceptance. It's consenting to receive or undertake something offered. And why this was offered to you, I don't think we'll ever know. And we don't have to make sense of that part now. My guess is that when I have you do this quick little visualization, that you have some resistance. That you think, no, Kara, I cannot take that because if I take that, then there's this formula we have. I'm going to break this down. There's parts of this package that you're reluctant or you aren't willing to take. And you'll notice this because you're probably trying very hard to fix them through therapies, you know, getting your child help. Now, make sure this is really clear. I'm not suggesting that getting your child help is not what you want to be doing. That's a different conversation. Okay. What happens in really the resistance of acceptance is that we conflate or we collapse acceptance with a meaning. And usually it's a prediction or predestining of what that acceptance will mean for you and for your child. But we're looking at you right now. So it's going to be looking at, okay, well, if, if I take this basket, if I take it in my hands and just have it without resisting any part of it, then that would equal something in your future that you desperately don't want. And this could be an outcome or this could be a feeling. So I want to kind of look into examples to make this a little bit more tangible. Moms that I talk to are thinking that they accept, there's a specific conversation I recall. It was that if she accepted her child's diagnosis, and in her case, her son had no name to this diagnosis, they were undiagnosed, then she would lose her freedom because he would need to live with her forever. Now, what's interesting about this is her child's quite young. She has no way to know if that's true or not. 
but she's afraid of it. Right. And what was in the way of her just accepting it for what it was, something handed to her that she would receive, was this prediction of what it would mean. So no wonder why there was resistance to accept this diagnosis in in this example. So I'm curious what would come up for you. What comes up to if you accept this diagnosis, whatever it is, what does it mean for you? If it's not going to change or be fixed or go away. Maybe it could be that you would actually have to be with a heartbreak, the sadness, the level and depth of sadness. And I think that does lead into the questions like, what if your child doesn't change, doesn't improve? What if they don't live? Then it's natural to think thoughts like, you won't ever be happy again, or your entire life will be taken from you. It's too sad to even think about. And so I just want to put this in here because I think it really helps to see why acceptance becomes so complicated. I want to consider that it's actually very simple if we go back to the definition. The action of consenting to receive, right? So consenting is saying yes or no. (laughs) To receive or undertake something offered. So it's very simple, but it may not be easy. With this new relationship to acceptance, so that's kind of the foundation to this conversation. I want to now turn and look at this celebrating where we are. So especially I think when we look at this pure acceptance, like it's actually just letting whatever this thing is be there, that we're actually not even yet turning and trying to make anything better. And so we can celebrate where we are now without kind of minimizing it because it's not where we want to ultimately be. I want to just acknowledge you for who you are that has gotten to where you are today. You, the person who has found this podcast, you, the person that has parented your child and given everything that you have to give to do that. And even when it required more of you than it thought, I mean, I think the common thread through the interviews of all the interviews that I've done in this podcast is these children that we have, they inspire us, they cause us then to dig deeper than we ever thought we could, than we ever wanted to. But ultimately, I'd say the gift is that we've all gotten to discover more of ourselves or more of something that we actually can call good, even though the way we got there was really hard. So let's actually look at celebration really quick. And you know me, I love my definitions. I looked it up as well. And the definition of celebrate is acknowledge a significant or happy day event with a social gathering or enjoyable activity. Now, I think most of you are very familiar with the happy day or event part. And I want to tune you to actually look at just the significant part. So I'm going to read it again, altering it to be applicable to what I'm looking at for you, for us. 
Acknowledge a significant event with a social gathering or enjoyable activity. So I want to just leave you with the idea of celebrating where you are and acknowledging yourself. I'm going to brainstorm a few ideas and I'm sure you can come up with some other ones once we get going. But things that I just thought of off the top of my mind were like having a nicer meal than normal and perhaps saying a toast at dinner time. Just acknowledging, saying, you know, I just want to acknowledge today is, I mean, you probably won't do it today, but let's just say today is August 1st. And I'm just going to use myself as a first person example. My son was diagnosed 11 years, and I just want to acknowledge and celebrate that we're here today, where we are with everything we've been through. And you can go further, you know, for me, what comes to mind is like, I want to acknowledge that we've been there together as a family, that we've endured this together. And I just want to celebrate and acknowledge this. Just putting that intention in those words in the space has significant power. Okay, another idea might be taking yourself out to coffee or lunch in honor of you celebrating where you're at. Not where you want to go, but just celebrating where you're at. Or another idea I came up with was bring it to the Facebook group. So you might have heard by now that I reopened the Special Needs Mom podcast community hosted on Facebook. And it's just where we as moms get to gather and kind of talk about these things. And I think it'll be really fun. I'm really looking forward to this week where we actually get to in community celebrate. Not because like this is very different. I think celebrating usually celebrating is very associated to this happy day or event or this like thing that maybe we did on purpose. Like yay, we got a new job or yay, we hit a milestone or yay, we turned 15. And so you're like, I've never celebrated something that was other than those things. It's like actually adding a little bit of vocabulary to your picture of celebration. And so I'm sure you came up with other ideas as I was talking and I'd love to hear them. I want to put this in here that it doesn't have to be big or expensive to be significant. This is for you. And this is for your community. Because when you step out and celebrate where you are, it has an impact on your community as well. And your community might be your immediate family, might be your friends. It might be a group that you're in. Maybe you are in a specialty group for your child's diagnosis or their set of conditions. Maybe you get to actually have a celebration post in there saying, hey, I know so much of the conversation here is about what's not going well or what we desperately want to do for our child and the challenges that are, we are facing. But I just want to take this moment and acknowledge that each of us has come so far to be where we are today. And just really feel into that. Experience the impact to your body physically when you celebrate. So as we move forward in the next hundred episodes, yes, we will look at what we want to create, what we don't have now, right? What's missing from our life. If I ask you the question of what's missing, you I'm sure could come up with something. But we're going to be launching from 
this place of honor and acceptance and celebration of where we are now. And so with that said, I celebrate you for where you are at now. And I look forward to seeing you in the next hundred episodes. Love you guys. One more thing before we officially, officially wrap up this show. Sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I have the experience of wanting more. I'm listening at the very end thinking, I sure wish that episode didn't end. I invite you, if you feel in any way the same way, I invite you to the Special Needs Mom podcast community, which is a free group that I host on Facebook, where we as a community of fellow moms who listen to this podcast and are experiencing life in similar shoes, get to talk to one another, get to share stories, get to actually interact. I hope you'll consider joining. See you over there.